joining us once again. Um, you know, last Sunday, it's been a good morning so far. It's only been 20 minutes, but, you know, when you're worshiping God, it's always good, <laughs> even as a community too. But last week, if you went around, last week we, uh, we announced our new name. Uh, we launched our new name, uh, Living Hope Church. And uh, that name change really signified a real shift in our culture of our church that uh, really signified that we are no longer a city-taken church, but we close the book of the old and we open up a new chapter, a new book, a new volume. <laughs> How good is that? We've opened up a new chapter to our new journey, in, to our journey in faith, and um, and now from now on, as I mentioned last week, every time we mention the name Living Hope Church, we're actually confessing that we have a living hope through Jesus Christ. That's such an amazing thing to do. It's such a privilege and an honor to be declaring that name every time we name the name of our church. And, uh, and with that, I shared a, a message on Living Hope, and today I'm going to continue on that, but this time from the perspective of faith, uh, which I touched on a little bit uh, last week. Um, so right now, and uh, as Rita was mentioning, in the times we're in right now, it's, it's, it, we're such a difficult time, and uh, you know we, we can't see an end. There's no, we don't know when things are going to get better, if they're going to get better, we don't know. And uh, sure, there's all these different, you know, measures in place, there's different plans, which are good, then you need to have plans, but really we don't know when the end is going to happen. And right now, this world, we need a, a shining light. We need, we need a shining light to be shining in this world. We need a community of believers that will trust, that will believe and have faith in a God that can, that can overcome um, and in this broken world right now, fear, anxiety, and hopelessness, they need a God. We need to show that our God is here. We need to show that our God is here, that he is strong, that he is our strong rock, that we can put our hope in him, and we can bring that living hope to the world. And the thing is, even though we live through the, the same experiences that everybody, that the world does as a believer, um, and you know, the, the world experiences exactly the same thing, the difference is that we don't have to respond that same way. And, uh, and that's a powerful thing that we have. That's a power that we have. So instead of complaining, being, fear, being fearful, we thrive in our faith. We grow, we mature, we persevere, we endure. Our faith, it's not a light thing. It's no light thing to have faith. You know, when faith is matured and, 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 um, and grown, our perspective in life changes. Look at Romans 5, 3 to 4. Not only that, talking about faith, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. See, the, the world has no hope. The world does not see the purpose to a pain or purpose to what we're going through, but we have that eternal hope in Christ. We can persevere. Through that perseverance, we grow in our character. Through that character, we, we, we produce our hope. You know, right now we're in, in, a, in a difficult time in our country. And, uh, you know, I saw a statistic, I think I saw it on the news the other day, that in Lifeline, that, that number that you call Lifeline, um, last week, I think it was on the Monday when I read it, they recorded the most calls in one day in their 58-year history. Amazing. A lot of people are hopeless. A lot of people are looking for hope. A lot of people need to know. A lot of people need to talk it out. A lot of people need, need something. They need some sort of direction. 
they need some sort of purpose because right now in this world, there is no purpose and there never has been and it's becoming more and more apparent to people. So we as people of faith, we need to know right now who we are. We need to be firm in our identity in Christ. We need to be firm in our faith. We need to be firm in our living hope through Jesus Christ so that we can love the unlovable. (laughs) So that we could speak truth to those that slander and the haters so that we can declare the living hope to the hopeless. God needs us to be awakened right now. As people of faith, it is important we know the truth. It's important that we know the word. You know, for us to have that living hope, for us to fully understand it, it's really, really important that we know the true word, the true gospel. And uh, so that even in the face of difficulties, we can abound. It's powerful. Such a powerful thing. The word of God is so powerful. So even in the face of these difficulties, we abound in faith, hope, love. Um, and we can continue to live a godly life, even though the world's going the opposite direction. Oh, my papers. Very cold fingers. You can't turn the papers. <laughs> See, Paul, Paul, in his prayer to the Philippian church, he said in Philippians 1, 9 to 11, he said, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. See, Paul's saying that our faith, our hope, our love grows more and more as we know the knowledge of God, as we know more of his word, as we grow deeper in depths of insight or deeper in depths of truth. Our our love will abound, our faith will abound, our hope will abound as we get to know more and more of him, as we get to understand him. And why is it important? The The next verse says, so that you may be able to discern what is best and uh, and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, the glory and praise of God, so that you can decide why, what, why, what is best for your life. That's why it's important, so that you can decide the importance of the knowledge of God, the importance of the Word of God, uh, growing in love, growing in faith, growing in hope, it's important so that you can decide what is best for your life. We need that so that you can have the right perspective in life, so you can have that eternal perspective that I was talking about last week. And I'll talk about a bit of it today. With that eternal perspective, your life choices change. You live a godly life bringing glory and praise to God. It's amazing. Understanding our faith and growing in our faith is crucial in these times. You know, we live in a modern world right now where it's full of information Intellect is power. It, 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 the more you know, the more, the more power you have. The world doesn't understand our faith. It doesn't understand. It said, you know, and the Bible says that, uh, I think it's Second Peter, it says that the, uh, that the world attacks what it doesn't understand. If it doesn't understand it, it'll attack it. You know, they think it's foolish. Faith to the world, it's boxed in. It's a boxed in intellect. It's a boxed in way of thinking for people. They think it's closed in. They think it's narrow-minded. They think that faith is just a conversation topic. So it, there's no power. You know, and we as Christians, we've molded to that thing. We've molded to that understanding to a degree, to somewhat degree in this culture that we're in. We've molded to, to that belief that, that, this, that boxing and faith is an intellectual understanding of God. You know, we, 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 sometimes we can think that faith is just knowing more of his word. 
But I just said that you need to know more of his word. See, it's different because it's a relationship and I'm going to get to that. But sometimes we can get caught up in that because we can see all these things. We have conversations with people. We can be discouraged in conversations and talking to people that don't believe in God. They try to bring you down. They try to cut you down. They try to undermine your faith. They try to make you think that it's just an intellectual thing. And there's no power in that. The Bible says that believers that that live this way, they hold the form of godliness. Read it in in 2 Timothy. They have the form of godliness. They hold form to a religion. They hold form to a tradition or or a particular set of, of practices that they do. They hold form to that. And it looks like they're Christians. It looks like a Christian life. It looks so good on the outside. It looks good, but they deny the very power, the internal power of God for their own lives. They deny it. And that's the difference. And because many Christians don't truly believe in the power of God, or that they have boxed God in so much that the power of God can't operate in that area, fear, anxiety, hopelessness, it increases in a believer. Wow, so true, eh? So true. I'm sure we've all been there before. The test shows the true state of a believer when you go through difficulties, when you go through stuff, when the difficulty comes. But the Bible says, test yourself. How are you going? How are you going? When you think about COVID, do fears come up in your heart? What happens when you think about COVID and if you look at the news? what, What comes up? Test yourself. Check, see what's going on. When you think about your business or your career or your finances, do you go into fear? Do you get fearful? It's a good test to see where you're at really in your heart. Is there power or are you denying the power of God? Are you just saying that you believe? Is there power? Is there power? When you think about your future, your life, your relationships, do you trust God? Think about it. See, we are called to live a life of faith. In 2 Peter, the Apostle Peter says that we have access to the very power of God to live a life of faith. We have access when we have true knowledge, a true and personal knowledge of God. And uh, I love this. I'm going to read in the Amplified Version, 2 Peter 1, 2 to 3. To those who have received and possessed by God's will a precious faith of the same kind of ours, so Peter's talking about that we've received the same kind of faith as the Apostle Peter uh, and the Apostles. By the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace, God's favor and peace, be multiplied to you in the true intimate knowledge, true intimate knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who was called us by his own glory and excellence. Wow, did you see that? Did you see that? Through a true and personal knowledge of God, through a true and personal relationship with God. Oh, that's so good. Through a true personal prayer. Oh, man, that's so good. Through a personal relationship with him, we have a divine power. That gives us the power, gives us everything that we need to live a life, to live a spiritual life, to live a life of power, to live a life of faith, trust, obedience, love, hope. 
His divine power gives us that. When we have a relationship, a personal, true relationship with him, that is so good. I'm so happy about that. I might as well go now. I'm going to keep going. It's so good. Faith, it's not just an intellectual understanding of God. It's not just the intellect. The, way, the same way the devout thinks it is. It's not that. Faith is not that. This kind of faith is a form of godliness. The intellectual kind of faith is a form of godliness. There is no power behind it. Because when the, tri- the test comes, they go packing and they go running. <laughs> it looks the same. It looks the same. But there's no internal power to live a dynamic life. Praise the Lord. But the true faith of the Bible is that the Bible is talking about, it's a reality of a relationship with God. The true faith of the Bible. It's a, rela- it's a relationship with God of heaven who fills a person with an unintellectual, unexplanatory faith. You can't explain it with your, with your words. It fills a person with an unexplainable hope, an unexplainable love, an unexplainable faith. That, cool, God says, the Holy Spirit says that he will empower us to, to speak about our faith. But the world, the ones that don't want to believe, the, the ones that try to uh, 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 bring you down and try to intellectually understand it, they will not understand. But you, by faith, you need to understand it, not with an intellect, but you need to understand it by believing in him. True faith will open up your eyes to an internal living hope that you can't physically see. Oh, but you know it's 100% true. Oh, true faith, true faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, this is faith. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. How do you prove something that you can't physically see? How do you prove it? Faith, it's not an intellectual understanding. It's an eternal reality, internal reality, eternal reality. Faith, praise the Lord. It's a living proof. That's the living proof, faith. It's a hope in both this life and an eternal kingdom to come. Faith is not just an intellect. Even though you need to know the knowledge of God, you need to know him. But it needs to be real inside. It needs to be real internally. See, an example of living from this new eternal reality is Abraham. And I touched a little bit on it last week. See, his first mention in Genesis 12, but Abraham's story in his life, they, they say that he is the father of faith, that, you know, because of the way that he lived, because of this internal reality that he lived in, he, 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 he paved the way and he showed humans what, how, how to connect with the divine God, how to connect with the relationship with God. So, you know, not only is it talked about many times in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, he's referred in Hebrews, Romans, Galatians. Uh, I think Peter, Peter talks about him. Uh, James talks about him. So wherever, wherever they talk about faith, they use Abraham as a reference most of the time. See, Abraham, he had an internal reality on the inside of him. He knew God. He had a faith, trusting relationship with God. He knew God. His internal reality was more real than the external around him. Praise the Lord. See, because of this internal reality of faith, Abraham left everything he knew and followed a promise that God showed him. Man, that's, that's a, a big hit. 
So look at this in Hebrews 11, 8, when they talk about faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out, even though he did not know where he was going. (laughs) He went out. You don't know where you're going and you go out. Come on. See, God called him. God called Abraham. God said to him, leave everything that you know. What? Leave. In Genesis 12, it says that God said to Abraham, leave your land, leave your community, leave your family and your family's inheritance. Leave it all. What? (laughs) And he didn't even know where he was going. Praise the Lord. You know, and, and God said, if you do this, I will bless you. Like God didn't go, take this, now go. He goes, no, no, if you do this, I will bless you. Think about that. See, at the age of 75, Abraham, he would have been comfortable in his life. He, he was comfortable. He was in a, you know, paddocks already tended and everything was taken care of. His father had money. He had an inheritance coming. He was married. He was set. He had a family inheritance to look forward to. But God called him to obey the word of God. God called him to obey his word. God promised him a blessing. God promised him. He promised Abraham an eternal kingdom, an eternal inheritance through his descendants. And even though Abraham, he didn't intellectually understand it. This is faith. Even though Abraham didn't intellectually understand it, he didn't even know where he was going. (laughs) He didn't even know. He didn't understand it. He physically couldn't even see it happening. His wife was barren. How was he going to have descendants? I mean, I'm 75. It's a long journey. I, you know, come on. I, I, I can't understand this. But he, he made a decision. He responded by faith. He responded by faith. He responded from an internal reality. He couldn't see it. Well, I mean, he could see everything that his father owned and everything that his servants and everything. Like, he, he could see that. But he couldn't see where God was taking him. But by faith, he believed. He believed. He believed and he stepped out. He believed. Praise the Lord. He responded in obedience. Praise the Lord. So even though it was the beginning of Abraham's faith journey with God, and it was an intimate relationship that, they, that he had with God, faith produced a reality in him. As soon as he said yes, Faith produced a truth in him, a reality in him. He saw it, not with the physical eyes, but with his spirit. He saw it. He saw it. A living hope arise arise from the inside of him. And he responded in obedience. Praise the Lord. Faith produced a trusting relationship in Abraham. Faith. It produced it. And a hope in the living God. So Abraham, he steps out. He leaves everything that he knows behind. That's huge. He obeys God. His faith gave him that internal reality. The trusting relationship that he had with God gave him an internal hope. It gave him that hope. It gave him that hope. It's scary stepping out into the unknown. Hey, I mean, it's scary for any of us obeying and doing something that you can't physically see and even physically see that it's not going to work. You can't see a way out. You can't see this actually working. You know, your your life is probably not as drastic as what Abraham's life is. Um, But the principle of faith 
trust, obedience, it's the same. It's the same thing. You know, maybe God's telling you right now, let go of something like a career, a business, a relationship. Or maybe God's telling you to walk into something, take a career, take the deal, start the relationship. Or maybe he's calling you to let go of some evil desires or sinful life. Or maybe God's, God's reaffirming you to trust in him. God's reaffirming you. He might, saying, he might be saying to you, trust in me for your finances. Trust in me for your career. Trust in, in him for, for business, for work. Trust in him for your relationships. Trust in him. Let go of what you're thinking. Let go. Trust in him. Trust in him where you're going to live. You might need to move out. Trust him where you're going to live. Trust him in the situation that you're in right now. Maybe the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now and is talking to you. But I wonder, have you obeyed? I mean, that's not for you to tell me. That's for you to have a relationship with God and talk to him. Many Christians very easily doubt when he speaks like Abraham. He had every excuse under the sun. 75-year-old, you're going to make me walk in sandals? Are you, are you serious? Where's my backstrap? I need to, you know, he had, come on. Like he, it was, it was irrational. It was irrational, but he trusted. Many just want to apply the wisdom of the world. Many just want to apply the wisdom of other people or other comments or other opinions. See, our Western faith, it's based on an intellect. We like to see evidence, right? We like to be in control. It's the truth. We say, well, it's wisdom. But many times, it's worldly wisdom. It's rooted in fear, wanting to control. We like to say, oh, well, I'm applying wisdom here. Well, what wisdom? I'm not saying, I don't know your life, but think about your own life. Think about it. Test yourself. See, we can call it faith, but it might not be faith at all. It could be fear. Fear of missing out on a relationship. Who knows? Fear. You know, they got that fear of missing out on a deal. Look at Sydney Market. They say the market's going up because of a fear of missing out. It's driven by fear. People have a fear. They can look like faith. It can look like, yeah, but God's stepping me out. And, yeah, a, but it might be out of control. It might be out of the worldly wisdom. You decide. Come on, test yourself. Test your motives. Ask the question. It might be good and well done, but it might not be good. And if I'm, if I'm looking at this and I was preparing this, I'm going, God, I need to readjust here. I need to readjust there. You know, great. Let this be a little readjustment for you. You know, test yourself and God will test as well. God tests. He tests our motives. Do you trust him? Look at Abraham. If you continue on the story of Abraham, I haven't got time to go through it all, but I just take the major parts. Abraham, he was tested many times in his faith. He was tested to see if the faith was genuine and real. He was tested. His patience was tested. He waited 25 years to have a son that will carry the eternal promise. 25 years. The eternal promise being Jesus Christ, which we have today. We put our hope in him today. So after he has a son, he has the ultimate test of his motives. So God finally, after 25 years, gives him the promise gives him what was promised to him, and then the test comes. So look at Hebrews eleven seventeen to 18. By faith, Abraham, so whenever I say by faith, 
by relationship, a faith relationship. Abraham, so at this point in time, he had journeyed with God. He walked with God. He talked to God. He had a relationship with him. By faith, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He received the promises, and yet he was offering his one and only son, the one to whom it had been said, your offspring will be traced through Isaac. So the offspring, uh, um, talking about the line, the lineage of, of Jesus. So Abraham's real motives were tested. They were tested after he got what he promised. So God promised him something, and God was going to take it away. He needed to be tested. God was going to take it away. You know, think about it. How would you go in that test? <laughs> it, you know, if what was promised to you in your life and you had it in your hands, and then it's about to be taken away. How would you respond? Think about it. You're pretty tough, eh? It's a true test of faith. The ultimate test of a trusting relationship with God. That's why the Bible talks about Abram constantly, because this guy, he went through it all the way. It's the ultimate test of a faith reality, of an internal reality. That his internal reality, that his faith and the trust and the hope, the relationship that he had to Jesus was greater than the promise that he had before him. Amazing. What a powerful God. The test. The world puts their hope in the things of this world. Our test is, will we put our hope in the things of this world? That's our test. We get caught up in it all the time, don't we? Material things, all these other things, greed, lust, our hope will be put to the test. You know, it's, it's either, are we going to pass that test or will we put our hope in the faith, reality and the living hope of Jesus Christ regardless of what we have materially, regardless of the situations that we go, that we go through? Will we put our hope in him? See, Abraham, he was grateful for the many blessings that he had. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he just wanted to throw it all out. I mean, he had... He had you know, animals everywhere. He had everything that he needed. Everything that he, he kept growing and growing and growing. He was taking land. He kept taking land. Abraham had everything. He was grateful though. He was grateful for the many blessings that God gave him. But the right perspective, that right perspective kept him humble. That right perspective kept him to understand that, hey, all things come from God. All things come from God. It kept him, it kept him, hold, it kept, it held him. It kept him in faith. It held him. Hebrews 11, uh, 11, 10 says, for he was looking, talking about Abraham, for he was looking forward. So this perspective that he had, he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. See, Abraham looked at this life with the perspective of an eternal hope. So he had the lens of the eternal hope. He, had, he was walking this life day by day, but he still had in mind the eternal hope. He had the perspective. He had the perspective of God's kingdom. And that kept him strong. That kept him walking strong. That kept him walking in faith. That no matter what happened around him, no matter the situations, the difficulties, or the promise, he would still walk by faith. He would still trust God because he had the right perspective. Abraham, he learned to trust God in this life. He didn't hold on to the material world too tightly. He had the reality that if God had given it to him, 
God can take it away. And that was a good reality to have. But ultimately, he trusted God. Why? Because he had a personal relationship with him. He understood. He had a knowledge of God. He had a true and personal knowledge of God, a true and personal relationship with him. Through that personal understanding, through prayer, through a personal relationship, Abraham, he went through so many troubles, he had to overcome many major hurdles. If you go through Genesis 12 to, I think, uh, 15, you see the life that he had. He failed a few times. But he's a human like everybody else. Sometimes we get condemned. Sometimes we're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I, I had this living hope, but I failed it. But Abraham failed. Do you know what he did? He kept moving forward. He kept trusting and believing God. But do you know what? God counted him as righteous in the end. God said, hey, because you believed in me, I wasn't looking for your perfection. I was looking for your heart, that you were walking in relationship with him. He wasn't looking. God wasn't looking for that perfection. God knew what he was doing. God knew that Abraham was a man. God knew that Abraham had weaknesses. God knows that you have weaknesses. God knows that you're a man or a woman. God knows. God knows. But he still He still calls you. He still calls you out. He still says, come, trust in me. Obey me. Watch me. Watch me bless your life. Watch me. Amazing. Amazing. I'm getting excited. I'm getting really excited. I better calm down a bit. (laughs) Amazing. So good. So good. See, Abraham trusted God because he had that relationship. Abraham obeyed because he had the internal reality. It's easy to obey when you, when you know 100%. Like if you know the plans of something, if you know, let's say in, in work, you, there are, there's a project plan and there's particular steps to get to this particular plan that you need to get to, you will obey the steps that you need to get to to get to that plan, right? That's, he had that internal reality of the plan that God had for him. He had that reality and because of that, he obeyed. He trusted God, just like you would at a work or a project or something in, in the steps necessary to get to where you need to get to. Abraham trusted, and his proof was not the outcome. His proof was his faith, was his faith, his proof. Praise the Lord. Through the genuine reality of, reality of faith, God entrusted Abraham with blessing. See, Abraham went through tests. Abraham went on a journey of faith. He went on a journey of relationship and obeying God. And through that, God entrusted him and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to bless you. Your life won't be corrupted. I've tested you. You won't have a corrupted life. You know, which father? I will never give my son, my kids are probably watching now, I'll never give my kids anything that I know is going to corrupt them for their future. You know, God entrusted Abraham with all these blessings. God trusted Abraham with the seed that will later be Jesus, the the line of Jesus. God trusted Abraham because of that genuine relationship that he had. See, Abraham did what Jesus confirmed in Luke 9.24. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will save it. He let go of his life. He let go of what he thought he had. He let go, you know, sometimes we think that, oh man, I've got too much to lose. You know, uh, be a Christian, go all out for God and, and trust him. 
it's too much to lose. Persecutions, everything's going to happen around me. You know, things might not go well. How do I know? Man, you know, he had to let go. Faith is letting go. Faith is letting go and trusting God that he is faithful, that his word is unfailing, that his word is unshakable. It's immovable. And what he says will actually come to pass. Abraham, he let go. He had to entrust God in his word and God blessed his life. See, for us, we will only truly experience that true faith, the blessing, the power of God in this life when we have a faith relationship, when we have a trusting relationship with God, when we let go, when we let go of fear, when we let go of control. And you know what? It's much easier when you decide to trust and have faith in Him. It's much easier to let go of that stuff because we've got to grab onto something. If you're not grabbing onto faith, you're going to grab onto fear. You've got to grab on. You've got to hold on. If you're not grabbing onto the hope of God, you're grabbing up onto the hope of this world. You've got to hold on. You've got to hold on to the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope of God. Entrust your life completely into God's hand. See, Abraham's faith was real. He had a genuine trusting relationship with God. He lived by faith. He walked by faith. Abraham proved his faith. He proved he had a relationship with God because he obeyed God. He acted on his word. He trusted him. True faith is a relationship with God. Faith looks like um, an eternal hope. It gives you an eternal hope perspective. True faith empowers a person to live a life of obedience and godliness. True faith will empower us to escape the corruption of this world. It will empower us to escape the evil desires or the temptations of this world. True faith, this is true faith and relationship, not the, not the intellectual faith. It doesn't mean that our desires don't come if you've got that faith relationship. You know, Abraham was tested and he failed a few times with, uh, in Egypt, um, but you can read on to that. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not going to get tested or we're, we're not going to feel it, but true faith, it comes, it, it, it removes the power of the temptation. It removes the power of the desire. You have the, you have the decision, you have the power to make that choice. See, true faith will empower us, will give us power to overcome. We won't feel powerless. If we don't have a relationship with God, we don't have faith, and we will be powerless. We will not overcome. We will be showing that form of godliness. And, you know, just showing that everything's okay. But what kind of faith is that? Do we want to have that kind of faith? Last scripture, Romans 5, 1 to 2. Therefore. Therefore. So this is Paul. Paul actually spent most of chapter 4, this is chapter 5, uh, Romans 5, 1 to 2. He spent most of chapter 4 talking about Abraham talking about the faith that Abraham had. And he said, therefore, since you have been justified by faith, since you believed the same faith relationship that you have, we have peace with God. You have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, Abraham was working under an old covenant. We have a new covenant through Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that empowers us. We just got to make that choice. We've got to make that decision that, hey, Am I going to trust in God? Am I going to let go of fears and controls and things around my life? Am I going to trust in Him? Let me continue. 
We have also obtained access through faith by him into this grace in which we stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. See, God is calling his church. He is calling us, church. He's calling us to have a genuine faith. He's calling us to live out of a different reality, out of a different perspective, a genuine trusting relationship with him. See, that trust, that faith and trust relationship, it produces that hope, that living hope, that eternal hope that's imperishable, that's uncorruptible, that even though everything around this life is falling apart, we can still stand strong. See, we have a hope that the world needs. That's the truth. We know that. The world needs this reality. The world needs this hope. It's time the church revive in Christ. It's time we awaken on the inside. It's time the power of the Holy Spirit comes alive on the inside of you and directs you and leads you to live a godly life, to live a life of relationship. Amen. God's good. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. Thank you, Lord God, that your word is living and active today, Lord. Living and active inside of us. Father, pray that our faith is genuine. I pray that our faith is real. I pray, Lord God, that we have a faith, trusting relationship with you. I thank you, Lord God, that the eyes of our heart will be opened. Let us see our life with an eternal perspective. Let us walk this life in faith, love, hope. I thank you, Father God, that we'll become a people that will shine the light the life, the glory of God in this world. I thank you, Lord God, that we become a community of believers who are full of faith. Thank you, Jesus. Let us abound in your love. Let us abound in your knowledge. Let us abound in your word. Let us abound in relationship with you today, God. Father God, we make a decision in our hearts today to have real faith, true faith, a genuine faith, trusting relationship, a faith that produces a reality of the hope of God inside of us. I thank you for the living hope within us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.